saving for a rainy day, but it's not even wet. Then there's food, some gas, and clothes. Don't forget the rent. Insurance pops up here and there. And don't forget to cut your hair. You need new shoes, but you got the blues because you just ran out of cash. Welcome back to another episode of Sensible Chat, the podcast committed to helping you learn positive money mindsets, destroy debt, reduce financial stress, and break the paycheck-to-paycheck cycle. Our guest professor today is Jamie Beeth, creator of thesavingsecret.com. He's going to share his secret for saving more money. Who doesn't want to do that? And right after class, Sensible Bobby talks about the why of saving. So let's get to the master of money, the debt destroyer, the curator of cash. Here is Sensible Bobby. Thanks, Scott. And thank you for joining me for another episode of Sensible Chat. If you haven't guessed already, today's episode is all about saving. Because if everything we've been through this year doesn't convince us that saving is important, nothing ever will. The word saving gets thrown around a lot. But how often do we stop and think about how important it really is? We hear the word every day, especially in commercials. Save 25% on fill in the blank. But that is not saving. It's just not spending as much. Saving goes way beyond that. Now, we've talked a lot about spending intentionally, but we also need to save intentionally. Because unless you have an unlimited supply of money, intentional spending and saving are the only ways to achieve financial security. If you think a raise, inheritance, or winning the lottery is going to do it, look around you. There are a ton of people who've gotten a raise or a financial windfall and still gone broke. Why? Because there's no thought beyond the moment about how they use that money. It may be here today, but you can only spend that dollar one time. And if you spend it today, are you going to have what you need tomorrow? You may feel rich in the moment, but do the math and find out for sure. Because math is real. It doesn't care how you feel it's still going to give you an honest answer. And I don't know about you, but my feelings have deceived me once or twice before. Life happens, whether you're prepared or not. We've all witnessed it this year, if not before. A check from the government might help you put out the fire today, but what about when the next one comes along? It's time to take control of your financial life. And you can do this regardless of how much money you have today. You have to start somewhere. So start where you are. Small changes make big differences. If you don't believe me, look at your grocery bill. Sometimes the grand total is shocking, even though most of the individual prices are really small. Turn this on its head and realize that if you only have 25 cents to save right now, it is worth saving. It will add up and it will make a difference over time. So what's the secret to saving? Let's ask our guest. Okay, class, find a chair and put your butt in there because Sensible University is now in session. Today's guest professor is Jamie Beeth, vlogger and creator of thesavingsecret.com, where he coaches others to be more intentional with their money. His current goals are to pay off his home by March of 2021 and achieve financial independence by 2028. Jamie, thanks so much for being our guest professor today. Thanks for having me. Well, your website is called The Saving Secret, 
And that seems to kind of be the theme around all of the stuff that you're doing in the personal finance space. So I am dying for you to explain the saving secret to us. Yeah, well, uh, really appreciate you having me on. And yes, I think to peel back the onion a little bit on the saving secret, really what I believe is you hear a lot in mainstream that you need to save first. Now, that's a great piece of advice, but I take it one step further and I say it's not just about saving first, it's about saving everything. And really, it's not about spending less money. The saving secret is about building your savings account. So increasing the amount of money that you actually have in your savings account. And so if you want to go into like the actual secret part of it, one of the things that I encourage those that I share on my YouTube and people that I talk with is I teach people that you actually set up your direct deposit to go directly into your savings account 100%. You budget your expenses, you make a one month transfer. And so when the month starts, your checking account has 100% of your monthly expenses already in it. And then the money that you make throughout the month is actually going to go right into your savings account. So your savings is automatic. That's really the saving secret. Wow. That's excellent. And, you know, it's such a great thing from kind of a mental standpoint, because it's always a little bit harder to pull money out of your savings account than it is to spend from your checking account. Now, you coach. And so this is something, obviously, that you're sharing with the people that you coach. But how did you come up with this and start to use it in your practice? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. One of the things that really stood out to me is when I came across for, I think it was like my 27th birthday or something like that, maybe 29th, I can't remember. One of my birthdays, I got the Total Money Makeover and I got Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I got both those books. And nice. so- And I got them at the same exact time, which is pretty interesting. And they have a little bit contradictory information, but both really good books. I'd recommend it if people haven't read it. But how I got to that is really following, you know, Dave Ramsey, getting rid of debt, right? But one of the things that I found is building that emergency fund. So once you're done with baby step number two, a lot of people have a really hard time with building that emergency fund because they're so used to just you know, having that goal to work towards. And they don't really know the amount that they need to have. And so I wanted to be able to build up my emergency fund as fast as humanly possible. That was my whole intent. And so I thought, well, how can I do it? Well, if you put all of your money in your savings account, you're actually saving as much as you possibly can. And then it occurred to me, why don't I just do this all the time? And so then I got a high yield savings account. And so, yes, it was, I had Ally at the time. I still have Ally, but it was only 1%. But at the time, a high yield savings account is better than nothing, right? And so you got a little bit of extra kickback by putting your money in that high yield savings account. So that's really where it came from. It's really started after you get rid of your debt to build up that emergency fund. And again, I don't really love the term emergency fund. I just feel like you need to have money in your savings account, And you need to have more than people think a lot of times. 
<laughs> yeah, because there's so many different things to save for. I mean, there's, you know, obviously the job loss is going to be the biggest one. That's kind of why you hear everybody say the three to six months worth of expenses. But, you know, there's everyday stuff that happens. Something happens with your car, a medical expense you didn't see coming. You know, life is full of these unknowns. One of the things that I teach people is really each month is slightly different. I don't do a yearly budget and then divide it by 12. I do every month is a unique month. Mm -hmm. So what that means is sometimes my month's expenses might only be 3,000. And then sometimes it may be 6,000 because maybe that's when my insurances hit. That's when, you know, Christmas shopping's due. Maybe all of those hit at a particular month. So that we can get into that a little bit later, but that's just something that I keep in mind is I treat each month completely different, even though I make a similar amount of money every month, if that makes sense. I love that. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I agree because I think that's one of the biggest reasons why budgets fail is that people look too small, you know, just what's right in front of them or look at the whole year, but tend to forget that, yeah, all these different things come up at different times. So we will go into that more later. But I want to talk about why you believe that for many people, saving is actually better than investing. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. So for those of you that are listening to this that don't know, I have a YouTube channel and I I recently did a video on this. And a reason I would say that is if you understand the average person, and when I say the averages, which I don't love averages, but they are what they are, right? Less than two thirds of people don't have a budget. Two thirds of people don't have $1,000 in their savings account. And so if you're part of that two thirds that fall into that group, the last thing you should be thinking about is investing. And the reason why I believe savings is better is because savings is really the foundation that will help you grow for the future. The goal of savings is to have it when life happens, a medical bill, a car bill, Christmas funds, vacation, a new car, all those things. The goal of investing is to give you access to money when you're no longer dependent on a job for income. A lot of times people want to think about investing is supplementing their income. I don't believe that. It is possible to do that, but really I'm working towards financial independence, which is being able to support all of your expenses without having to be dependent on a job. So my goal is to buy and hold right now. That's why I think investing, that's the goal, how I look at it. And I talk to people about what I believe investing is. Investing is not about buy now and sell in two weeks. That's not what I believe. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that your theory on saving is better than investing in a lot of cases is right. Because if you don't have that financial foundation for the day to day, then you've got this gap and and then you're just going to have to pull that out and have penalties and everything else. So, you know, you got to go and I guess that's what's so great about Dave Ramsey, whether you like him or hate him, the baby steps make sense. And if you do them in a certain fashion, you have a lot better chance of, you know, having that solid foundation as you go forward in life. Absolutely. And one thing I would just say to the reason why I think it's important to tell people that savings is better than investing is because, Bobby, you've interviewed a lot of people. There's people who want to brag about what they have in their investing portfolio. They want to brag about they have in their 401k. They want to brag about some kind of investment that they made a quick win on. Right. But nobody brags about what they have in their savings account. Because the people who want to brag that have the right to brag about their savings account they're the millionaire next door. (laughs) They're the quiet ones that aren't going to be flashy. And so 
investing is a lot sexier than savings, but savings is much more important because it's not as sexy, if that, if that makes sense. So yeah. you can just say like, I'm gonna you know, do the non-sexy thing, but then eventually the good news, just like you were talking about, once you eliminate that debt and you have a strong savings, then you can go after investing with a sledgehammer and just really make movement happen. So obviously investing is better to a certain point, but for the average person, I believe savings is better. So right along that line, what is your view on, because this debate has been raging forever in a day, so I want to get your opinion on what you think is better, saving or paying off debt first? This is a great dilemma that a lot of people have, and there's a little bit of different schools of thought on it. I believe you can accomplish the same goal, depending on the individual, with both scenarios. But I will give you what I believe and what I teach. So I would say I believe it's not about saving first or paying off debt. For me, it's about setting up that system. So when I work with clients and I tell people and teach people about saving, it's really first you need to organize your money, put it into your savings account, get that muscle built. And so I actually teach people first to put having your money set up is right. And then what you need to have some kind of cushion. So what I recommend if you had to break it down is yes, I do believe savings to a certain extent. And this is where if you have debt, this is what I teach people is you want to have an entire month worth of expenses plus a thousand dollars and then eliminate debt. So what I mean by that is on October 1st, you will have $1,000 in your savings account, and then you will have every single dollar that you need covered in your checking account for the upcoming month of expenses, because you've planned for that. So that's what I actually believe. So that's what I teach people, is to have an entire month plus $1,000. So it is very similar to kind of what Dave Ramsey teaches, but I actually want you to have your money before the month starts because you don't know some people are paid regular some people are paid irregular some people have multiple jobs this way you don't have to worry about that but if you don't have that set up if you can't get that thousand dollars then you're not working on eliminating debt that's a very good point and a very unique way of thinking about it i like that so then i can probably answer this question for myself but where are you at on the debate about debt versus investing because a lot of people feel like you know if you still have debt then you shouldn't be investing because the interest rate on the debt is going to be more than your return on investment but some people feel differently about that because it might take a long time and the compound interest is there so where are you at on that yeah, so you you know where I'm going to probably lean is I would say at the end of the day, what you have in your investments doesn't matter because at the end of the day, and I, again, I've gone through this exercise recently where I lost my job, you know, a little over two months ago, and luckily I've got a new one, but going through that experience, the first thing I was thinking about was not, oh my goodness, what do I have in my 401k? That is not what came into my mind. What came into my mind is, man, I'm so glad that I don't have any debt and I have, you know, six months worth of expenses set aside and I didn't have to really worry as much about that. And then I I tell people, yes, investing is important, but people want to get to it a little too early. So to answer your question, I do believe that if you have debt, 
do everything you can to pay off that debt. Now, outside of the house, kind of like Dave Ramsey, is you should invest before your house is paid off. But as far as any other debt, student loan, car loan, medical debt, any of those other things, I would pay those off first. So, you know, you just mentioned that you just went through a job loss and you actually have a video on YouTube titled Four Activities to Make Your Money Last Longer After a Job Loss, which I think is really pertinent right now, you know, with so many people going through job loss due to COVID. So what are those four activities that can make our money last longer in that situation? So just a backdrop, I lost my job on the 30th of July, which was actually my wife's birthday. Crazy enough. So I actually had taken the day off of work. So they called me on my day off of work to let me know. Wow. But the first thing my wife tells me after I said, you know, I gave her that look, you know, wives out there, they know that look, right? Oh, yeah. And they said, they said, honey, uh, you know, whatever you need to do. And I, I didn't want to take away from her special day. So we made sure we did that. But she said, I guess you have a good topic for our YouTube video. And uh, that's the kind of support and love that I needed. And it was exactly true. And so to be honest with you, I just really documented my own process. And I'm a pretty organized person. I'm a planner at heart, very organized, always want to begin with the end in mind. So going through those, that's really what I wanted to do is capture that. And so what I talk about in that video, and we can leave a link to that if someone's interested in checking it out. But really, the first thing I tell people to do is just review your your severance information or whatever the rules are for your particular job loss. Everyone's a little bit different. Maybe it's a complete rip or, you know, how do you get access to different funds? But it's really just take some time to review what it is that's available to you. Because sometimes employers will offer certain benefits, maybe a helpful transition service. There's a lot of things that some things are available and some things aren't. So it's just inform yourself is really the first one. The second one goes in line with the question that you just asked prior is I stopped investing. I stopped all of my investing. And so to put that in perspective for myself right now, I'm working on aggressively paying off my home and I hope on being able to pay off my home at the beginning of next year. So I actually stopped paying additional on my home and some of my investing that I had. So that was one thing I did is I immediately stopped investing because having more available cash was more important to me. Yeah. So the next thing was to review my expenses. Now, for me, I teach this stuff. There's not a whole lot that I needed to do, but this is something I would encourage a lot of people to do because if you're not budgeting every month, review your expenses. That's how I actually believe budgeting should work is budgeting's a bad word. It's just review your expenses. That's all you really need to do is look where your expenses are and maybe find some things that you need to eliminate. Tighten the belt. So that's the first three. The fourth one is review your income. And when I say that, you're like, well, you just lost your job. Well, what that means is how long is your money going to last after you've just reviewed your expenses, right? So you've given yourself a time horizon to say, here's the bills that I have for this month, the next month, the next month. You know, you've reviewed those expenses and then you've reviewed your income because maybe you're still getting a little bit of income or you're reviewing what you have in your savings. How long is that money going to last in the current situation? And then I actually give a bonus tip. My fifth one is just explore new opportunities. 
Because a lot of times people are down on themselves and, you know, they question if you had a job for a long time, your identity is attached to that a lot of times, but be open to new opportunities, whatever those may look like. So those are really five, but those are the four tips that I mentioned in that YouTube video. I think that's excellent. All these are very good. I mean, you know, they're very strategic in helping you survive a job loss financially, but also I think mentally because, you know, something like that can be so devastating and it can make people feel this panic. And when you panic, a lot of people, their minds blank out. That's what happens to me. If I panic, my mind blanks out and I can't think straight. And so to have these kind of tips that allow you to think strategically and see that it's going to be okay. You might be in a hard spot right now, but there are things that you can do. So let's think rationally about it and go through the different resources that you have and figure out how to use them in the best way possible. And I love your bonus of exploring because it's said in such a way that, you know, I may be thinking, oh my God, I have to find another job because I have to make that income. And if you're looking at it that way as desperate, instead of maybe just exploring what's possible, that may lead you to a better result than just taking the first thing that comes your way because you're panicking. Exactly. And this is one of those things that the power of social media. So I would say for myself, what I was doing is when this happened, I put together a really beautiful post on LinkedIn that just basically said, hey, everybody, you know, I had gone through and collected as many people I could get on LinkedIn. But I also told them that, hey, I alerted people to say, you know, you may have heard there's been some shuffling around. I have been impacted. Here are some of the skills that I have, and I'm open to opportunities. Yeah. And the reason I, I like the word opportunities is because someone may, may think they're doing you a favor by offering you, hey, I can get you this job, right. but it may be terrible. Like you yeah. may not want it, but that way you, you can kind of let people down in an appropriate way. But you're, you're also telling them, hey, no efforts wasted. And I appreciate the support. Yeah. That's excellent. And you're right. I mean, social media is such a great opportunity because the people that you know, the people that you network with, whether they are friends or, you know, colleagues, whatever they are, those are part of your set of resources. And so that can be a big help when you're looking for a job. Now, you also have a YouTube video titled Three Financial Numbers Everyone Should Know. And I think this is so important. So let's go through each one and why they're important. The first question I say is, what do you have? And what you have is your net worth. And net worth sounds, you know, a very bougie term or whatever, you know, it's a very accounting type term. But really, it's what do you own minus what do you owe? So basically, your assets minus your debt is what is your net worth? So what do you have? And the reason this is important is if you don't know where you're starting, it's a great starting point because someone could look at their situation and be like, man, I have a million dollars worth of student loans because I became a dentist, right? right? Or whatever the situation is. Those are examples I've heard in the past. Yeah. But what is, what is your net worth? Where are you starting? And someone could look at that as like, how big is your hole? <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. debt or, or how big of an advantage do you have? Because maybe you, you don't have any debt. So that's the first one. 
you know, it took me so long to realize why knowing your net worth was so important because I used to look at that and I don't, I guess I just didn't understand how it was calculated and what it meant. Everybody focuses on how much somebody makes and nobody focuses on what somebody actually has. And that's so sad because they're so hugely different for a lot of people. And the other thing is, you know, yeah, I agree. If you don't know what you have, to me, it's like asking for directions. If I ask you for directions, the first thing you're going to ask me is, where are you coming from? So you can't get to where you're going unless you know where you're starting from, right? Absolutely. And I think the other reason why this is the first question that I put in there is, again, it goes back to my belief is, you know, the saving secret isn't just about you spending less money. You know, that maybe is a Geico commercial that's cool, right? When you think of saving money, a lot of times people think about it as spending less money. What I try to help people with is actually put more money in your savings account. And not only are you doing that, you're doing that without you even thinking about it. It's happening automatically. So that's what you have. So you're automatically building your net worth by putting it in your savings because it's harder to spend. Number two is what do you need? And this is one that I preach all the time. Again, you people who watch my YouTube videos and know me, I use the word budget, but it's really all about knowing your expenses. Because whether you live in Arkansas, you live in California, we have all similar bills, but they could vary greatly. You know, your food budget is dependent on the kinds of food that you buy, where you shop, how big is your family. You know, the same thing can be said about your home. So what do you need? And the reason I say that is that it's really what is your budget monthly? So if you're looking at your budget and you say, this is what I need. And I start with this question because you want to figure out what you need for the, the month and for the year and really having a true understanding of what that is. And once you really start down this path, it's not really that difficult to keep it updated and just be aware. So somebody can tell you what you're, you have an understanding of what you're spending is that's really the question is what do you need is really in, is answering what are you spending? And the last one is the one that you mentioned earlier is very obvious that everybody focuses on is what do you make? And the reason that this is obvious is the third one is really, but I make sure it's the third one is because the second one, once you know what you need, then you can figure out, am I making enough? And again, there's something in the financial independence retire early community, which they'll talk a lot about what is your savings rate. And a savings rate is basically the inverse of your spending rate. And so just to put it in perspective, if you're spending 50% of your take-home pay on what you need, you have 50% available for saving and investing. If you are spending 90% of what you make on what you need, you only have 10% available. And the reason why I love the financial independence retire early community is because it's more of a focus on what do you spend? What do you need rather than what do you make? Because you're a lot more in control of what you spend than what you make. 
And yes, you can always find ways to increase your income, but if you think about it in a percentages form, it can really help you make percentages and make them work. So for example, it doesn't matter what someone makes if they have a high income, but they're spending all of their money on what they need. And if you have a lot of debt, that's technically you need that money to cover your debt. So that's the last thing to review. But again, I like to think of it as a percentage of what money are you spending towards your needs? And then how much money do you have available to take care of your debt, investments and savings? Yeah, I love that. And the the percentages, you know, it's interesting because even two years ago when I started this podcast, I remember seeing like the 50-30-20 method when it came to budgeting. And I thought, yeah, that doesn't really resonate with me because percentages are nice, you know, but if your mortgage is more than the percentage that this says it should be, well, that's your reality. So, you know, these percentages aren't going to do you any good. But I've come to the realization that that may be true today, and you have to start with where you are today. I mean, if you're going to start budgeting today, you need to budget based on what you have today. But the percentages can be a fantastic goal to go for, because then you can get to the point where you are spending less of a percentage on that. You can decide what you have to do to make those changes, be it move to a new house, move to a new area, get a roommate, whatever it is, those things are in your control. So I love that. And the other thing that I wanted to comment on is that I love the fact that you have what do I need and what do I make? And the whole financial, you know, independent retire early movement, the fire movement, that's a great thing because I used to feel like, you know, I didn't really know what I needed, but I felt like I needed more. So I would just go out and get more jobs. There was a point where I had four jobs, but you know, all this extra income was doing me no good because I didn't know how to place it. I didn't know what I needed. I didn't even really know what I made, much less what I needed. And so I was spending all of my time and burning out because I was working almost 24-7. But it really wasn't towards any purpose. I just felt like I needed more. So if you know what you need to make and what you actually make, then you've got you know, the difference there to know what your goal is so that you don't have to work 24 hours a day. You know exactly how much more you need and you can direct your time and energy towards getting that. Exactly. And it really, when you think about what do you need, it's about quality of life because you're right. We can all be like Elon Musk and work like we're robots, but the reality is you need to find that balance. And that's why debt is so bad is because it forces you into a corner that maybe you don't want to be in. That's why I love the financial independence communities because it's, it's about freedom, whatever that means for you. Yeah, that's great because I think it's gotten a bad rap with people saying, well, you know, if you retire early, you're not going to, you know, your money's not going to last as long. You know, I mean, if you retire at 30, then you need 60 years worth of money versus retiring at 60 or 70. But I think that the point for the FIRE community has really become, like you said, how you want your quality of life to be. And so it may not be about never working again or never pulling in an income again, but it's about doing the things that are important to you and having your income, however you're getting it, be in line with that. 
Now, I have a new thing that I'm looking at, the budget buffet, and there are so many different ways and methods of budgeting, and they all work well. They just don't all work for everyone because everybody has their favorite things or things that work better for them. So what is the method of budgeting that works best for you and why? Great question. And I I kind of answered this a little bit earlier, but it really starts for me. It starts with putting all of your money first into your savings account. By putting all of your money in your savings account, you have a starting spot of kind of a giant pool of money that you need. And what I budget off of is I budget off of my expenses, whatever I need for the upcoming month. So in a real application, what I'll do at the end of the month, so we're kind of near the end of a month right now. So on Monday, I am going to transfer from my savings account all of my needed funds for October and put it into my checking account. Okay. And so what I do is the way that I budget is I just need to know what my expenses are. And to be honest with you, it's really not that difficult if you've been doing it at all. If you've done it more than a year, it's super easy because then you can look at what you spend at the year. And then it's a great way for my wife and I to have a conversation at the end of the month to say, hey, what are some things that we want to plan for and budget for? So I'll give you an example. This month, we're actually buying a bike rack and we're buying some other things related to biking that's not normally part of our monthly budget, but we're telling ourselves, hey, we're going to spend the money in October and we're going to move that money from our savings account into our checking account so we can spend it in October. But what that means is we do have to have discipline throughout the month because things will come up and we just say, hey, we're going to push that off to next month. And yes, it's not for everybody, but that's how our family make sure that we are intentional with how we spend our money. I really like that. That's such a unique way of twisting it kind of on its head. And uh, yeah, something I definitely want to try. So thank you so much for joining us today and giving us all this great information, especially about the saving secret. And you've got a lot of great videos on YouTube. I would encourage everybody to go to your channel. Is it Jamie Beath or is it the saving secret on YouTube? It is The Saving Secret on YouTube. So yeah, and it's singular. So The Saving Secret. And you can find me on my website. You can find me on Instagram, YouTube, you know, all all the places to help you and people find inspiration. YouTube is fun because there's a lot of great videos. But on Instagram, I try to post a couple of inspirational quotes weekly to just keep people motivated and and checking those things out. But it's been a pleasure, uh, Bobby. Thank you so much for having me on. And again, I'm a big fan of saving and it's really helped me accomplish that goals that I have. Cause like I said earlier, I'm working on, you know, fully paying off my home in early of next year. And then how easy is investing is going to be when I don't have a house payment, right? Yeah. Can so you imagine? That's, that's the beauty of it. Wow, that's excellent. How exciting. And you got to you gotta check back in and let me know how that goes because, man, paying off your house, that's a huge one. So best of luck with that. And just again, the saving secret for all the different social media channels. And your website is thesavingsecret.com, right? That's correct. And quickly, you do some coaching too, is that correct? 
Yeah, I've been dabbling in that. It's been tough to kind of label different things like that. But yeah, I've tried to work with different clients and you can find more information about that on the website. So I would just, I would just encourage you to check that out, but they're also welcome to, you're welcome to email me. You know, you can just email me, Jamie at the savingsecret.com if you have any questions about that. But again, a lot of my coaching kind of goes through kind of what we shared today, setting up your savings as a default, you know, working on tackling debt and then being intentional with your money. That's what I say in every single YouTube video that I make is I help you become more intentional with your money. Excellent. Jamie, thanks again. Really appreciate your time. Everybody go to thesavingssecret.com and of course, all the different uh, social media channels, especially YouTube, because you got some great videos out there. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Bobby. Take care. A great, big, sensible thank you to our guest professor, Jamie Beeth, vlogger and creator of thesavingssecret.com. He's got some great videos on his YouTube channel, The Saving Secret, and he's adding more all the time. So be sure to check them out. Chatting with him really solidified the idea for me that we need to think differently about saving money. His idea for saving everything, then moving what you need to spend into your checking account is brilliant. I'm going to give it a try and I'll report back on how it works. But right now, let's talk about why you're saving. We've already talked about why it's important and how to do it, but we need something closer to home to really make the commitment. It's one thing to know logically that saving is important, but it's another to have a personal experience or goal that drives it home emotionally. We all tend to think we're invincible. Someone tells you you need an emergency fund and you think, meh, I'll figure it out if anything bad ever happens. That's when it happens. The moment you're least expecting it, the world comes crashing in on you. Look at this year. Everything was fine, then all of a sudden, our entire lives shut down out of nowhere. You can't go to work. For a while, you could barely leave your home. Could you possibly have seen this coming? And what has it done to your life? There are a lot of people who have been absolutely devastated by this. If you're one of them, you're probably in the process of putting out the fire, and chances are you feel like you can't focus on much else right now. But when that fire is out, What will you do to protect yourself against the next one? You know what's possible now. And please, don't make the mistake of thinking it can't happen again. It probably won't be the same fire. They come in all shapes and sizes. Everything from a medical bill you weren't expecting to a job loss. But if you do nothing to plan, I guarantee you there will be another fire. So be your own phoenix and rise up from these ashes. Create a plan and work that plan so that it never happens again. Imagine losing your job and not feeling like you just got punched in the throat. Instead, you think, thank God I've got enough in my savings to carry me through for a while. I am not dependent on my paycheck. I'm not going to lose my home. I can still feed my family. And maybe this is a blessing in disguise because now I have time to find new opportunities. (laughs) I remember thinking, yeah, must be rough to have all that money and not have to worry. But I'm not rich. It's never going to be like that for me. I'm always going to struggle. What a hopeless feeling. But I don't feel that anymore. And now I know it was never true. I was defeating myself. Things have changed. I'm debt-free. 
and I have many more resources to care for my family when life happens. I'm still not rich, far from it, and I'm still working on it. It doesn't happen overnight. But compared to where I was, I feel very comfortable and confident. And the longer I follow my plan, the more secure I feel in my financial foundation. So what changed? I didn't get a raise or an inheritance. Okay, I did win the lottery, but my winnings were only two bucks. My circumstances didn't change. I did. My priorities changed. My mindset changed. I found hope through math of all things. I felt like it was impossible, but doing the math showed me I was wrong. I couldn't argue with it because it wasn't a generic statement. It was clear, irrefutable fact. One plus one equals two. That's all it took. Once I was convinced it was possible, the rest was easy. I focused on what I wanted, what was really important to me. I created a plan based on my income and expenses. And with a little math, I had a timeline. That timeline is important to me because whenever I want to stray from my plan or I get frustrated, I can look at the timeline as the light at the end of the tunnel. Look, I struggled for so long thinking I'd struggle forever that having a light at the end of that tunnel makes all the difference because there is an end in sight. It doesn't take forever to save for emergencies. And once you get beyond that, you can save for the fun stuff with more confidence because even if you spend your vacation savings on a vacation, you're still prepared if you come home to an emergency. These are the layers of life. And through patience and diligence, you can create the life you really want. A comfortable life filled with fun and peace. It is possible. Even if you're staring at a pile of bills you can't pay today, it is possible. We were not put on this earth to struggle. So don't do it. Plan. It starts with believing. Once you believe it's possible, then it comes down to how bad you want it. If you're tired of living in fear, tired of doing without, and tired of waiting for someone or something else to put out that fire, then find a bucket, fill it with water, and put it out yourself. You don't need to wait for anyone else. You can do this. But why? You're going to find distractions at every turn. There's always going to be something else you want to spend your money on that moves you farther away from your goal. So you have to be convicted in your why. Why do you want to save? What's important to you? Money is just paper. It's a tool. What do you want it to do for you? We find a way to get what's really important to us. Have you ever known that person who just won't give up until they find the answer? This is the same thing. Stick with it. You will win. You may not win with the first plan you create. You may have to tweak it to be a better fit for you. That's normal. Don't quit. Roll with the punches. I said before that it starts with believing. What led me to believe was creating my financial picture, a list of my income and expenses. When I subtracted my expenses from my income, it was undeniable that I had extra money to put toward my debt and then save once my debt was paid off. I am not asking you to believe in an idea or something you can't see. I'm asking you to come face to face with the reality of your situation and realize you already have what you need. 
You may be saying, you're wrong. My expenses are more than my income. Okay. But now you have a list of your expenses, and now you know exactly how much your expenses outweigh your income. This gives you the power to change it. There are a million different ways to lower your expenses. They may not be fun in the short term, but they are doable. You can also work on raising your income. But that's not where it ends, because like we already talked about, it's not enough to spend less or make more. You have to spend and save intentionally, or the piecemeal efforts you've made to cut spending mean nothing. That's why you need to make a plan and then follow it. You have the power. The question is, what are you going to do with it? If you think this is impossible, prove it. Get in touch with me and let's create your financial picture. Then we'll go through the options based on your situation. I am so confident that together we can find money to save that I'm going to do this for free for the first 10 people who reach out. No more excuses. All my contact info is available at sensiblechat.com. Get in touch with me. Tell me you listened to the Saving Secret episode and you're ready to create your financial picture. That's all it takes to get started. If you'd rather do it on your own, read my blog post, Creating Your Financial Picture, for a step-by-step guide on how to do it. However you get started, get started. Learn how to protect yourself and your family, and then move toward the life you dream of. If you need help, reach out to me. You can do this. Remember, do the math, live the life. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sensible Chat. All the links and resources mentioned are in the show notes at sensiblechat.com. That's sensible with a C. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. To schedule your free budget consultation, click on the book a free call button in the upper right-hand corner at sensiblechat.com. Have a question or success story or how about a great budgeting idea? Sensible Bobby loves it all and wants to hear from you. Go to sensiblechat.com for all the contact information. That's sensible with a C. 